Welcome back, Literary Slammers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And, honey, we shrunk the Vandalites. <laughs> I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Uh, this week on Shelf Aware, we are covering yet another Animorphs novel, Animorphs number 24? 25? Yeah, 24. 24. The. Oh, fuck, I should have had this open before I started talking. <laughs> the the suspicion. Sh- shrinking. The suspicion. Thank you. Which, what suspicion? <laughs> you know, that's a good point. That is a good point. I'm tr- the suspicion. Man, like, no one is suspicious in this book. I, I guess know. maybe. And then here's the tagline, too. What counts is on the inside, most of the time. Also what? doesn't make any sense. What? Did book. they maybe mix up, like, which book this cover was going on? Are you drunk? <laughs> What's Plastic? happening? What happened? I mean, I think that it is fair to say, well, what what are what were your thoughts on this book? Oh, boy. Mm, yeah. This was such a letdown coming off of that Tobias book. This surely in, is. In the Light Chronicles. I don't, I don't know for sure if I would stick by this after some time has passed. Because I know I've felt this way about a lot of the books right after reading them, but I think this is my least favorite of the series so far. I mean, it ranks right up there with Alien Toilet. It's really not good. It's not. It's just absurd. And at least, like, in this book, you can kind of give her some props. Like, she was trying to have some sort of commentary here, Mm -hmm. maybe, about gender politics Mm. and other things going on. But, like, the rest, it's just... The rest of it is so absurd and so just a complete emotional whiplash yes. from the last like four or five books in the series because we had the David trilogy uh-huh. and then the uh, the Pretender, the Tobias book, whatever that was called. And it's just, uh, this is not good. <laughs> it's super not. And I think, like, I knew that it wasn't going to be great going in because you had texted me and said, like, oh, it's another Alien Toilet book. So maybe I was a little bit primed to dislike it, like, the Mm, premise. You would have, regardless. I think so. And I think also, (laughs) the thing is, aside from the premise, which is not good and bad, um, the ending of this was so fucking weird, wasn't it? Like, there was It just ends. She was like, "Mm, I wrote myself into a corner. Yeah, and I think... (laughs) I think it is important to note that this is the fir- or the last book before we get into ghostwriter territory. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. it like it shows like I feel like she was tired, you know? Like She was burnt out. She pumped out that David trilogy yes. and she pumped out that Tobias book and then she's like but what about the rest of the characters? Yes. And it's just <laughs> Like, we got Jake, Rachel, and Tobias down on lock, but Marco and Cassie... Loosey-goosey a little bit here. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, I appreciate that this is... I think, again, like, we've had this happen before, where Marco and Cassie have to be on a mission together, don't we? I feel like it Uh, has. I feel like so. They're getting paired up more often It could have just been some fan fiction I read. I don't know. Um, LOL. (laughs) But... I like that. I like that the two of them are, are, you know, going out and doing things together. But then I also mm-hmm. don't like it because it was bad and terrible. It was not good. No. Marco in this book, and then we also get into his POV in a couple of weeks, is just regressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very upset for Marco. And I think, you know, not looking at his POV since, let's, you know, 
save that for a couple save episodes. that for a couple weeks from now but just looking at this one i think that this is the same problem we've had a lot with marco which is we generally only like him when he's it's his perspective right because yes. he uses humor as a coping mechanism it so often just comes across as like he's just the funny guy and if you don't have that interiority where he's like scared and worried and using humor as a coping mechanism then it just like seems like he's being inappropriate like <laughs> disappointing showing though he's like that guy that you're like well you know once you get to know him he's not so bad right and cassie also in this book because it is mainly cassie and marco in this book and it's a cassie viewpoint cassie is just nothing in this book she barely has a personality i mean like you could argue that that's the case usually but so often I feel like Applegate is just throwing her into books where it kind of doesn't matter who's talking because there's such a buck wild premise. Right. You know? So it's like, if you sat down and were like matching ideas of a book to who should be in charge of that book. Right. I feel like this is just the one that was left over. <laughs> and she's like, I give it to Cassie, I guess. Yeah, I don't know who should be in charge here. Right. Like, a lot of the books, it's like, okay, this book is dealing with, like, friends being yerked and, like, what happens to people when they're yerked. We're going to give that to Jake because he's, like, his brother's a yerk or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, if we're dealing with, like, the yerk structure and, like, the, like who's in charge and what that means. Like, we're going to give that to Marco because his mom is, like, a high-powered yerk, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we're dealing with, like, depression and being a bird, we're going to give that to That's Tobias. obviously Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, there was just, like, I don't know. Cassie got Cassie got uh, a little bit of the um, short stick is that I the idiom it, i'm looking for she got shafted here yeah i think it's like short end of the short end of the stick yeah that doesn't make sense she got sticks have how can you have sti- a short end of a stick <laughs> what does you have that to ask it me Someone which, which what which part of you is the short one <laughs> like all right I maybe it's like if a stick branches <laughs> You have like a long pokey okay. one, okay, and then a short nubbin. I don't know. Anyway, Cassie, Cassie didn't didn't come out of this smelling like roses. Let's put another idiom in there. <laughs> that one at least I can track. <laughs> she the, none of her useful skills, like knowing animals, Mm-mm. was displayed here. We didn't yeah. really get a lot of her compassion because, in fact, she was like pretty wily mm-hmm. in this one, um, and she didn't give a shit about about the new alien species that came to play. She didn't give a shit, and this book absolutely excused that not giving a shit. Like, the end of this book, again, was like, this book was just, it was, it was, was so the plot was bad, the characters were bad, and thematically it was bad. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what else to say. It was bad. It was all bad. Sorry. And then you can see why she pumped out this book and was like, all right, next one. I can't, I'm done. Next year, Next year we're getting ghostwriters. Because <laughs> I think this was the last book published in 1998. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the plot so that we yeah, can let's explain to everyone why it was bad. <laughs> so 
Cassie, Cassie's hanging out on her parents' farm with Rachel when they notice a small toy spaceship hanging around the water pump where Cassie hid the blue morphing cube. Mm-hmm. And she just like picks it up and throws it in a pile of things they're donating to Goodwill. And then a little bit later, Jake comes over and they notice a second toy spaceship just hanging out near this hiding place as well. But this time, as they're watching, the ship like picks up and flies away. It's not so a toy Jake- at all. No, and Jake is like, weekends canceled, girls. Time to assemble. <laughs> we also get like this whole thing of like weird Jake Cassie ship moment of it was gross. Yeah, Cassie being in a swimsuit and Jake like trying not to check her out. And I was just like, all right. All right. I know I said I wanted some sort of substance to their relationship if we were going to have to do their relationship, but like, not this. This is. No. We're in book 25 or 24, almost halfway through the series. They don't even admit to each other that they're in a relationship. They just like, like each other. It's very. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, again, I just get so annoyed with their relationship because I feel like so much of like, Jake saying good things about Cassie comes down to her appearance, which is would be Mm -hmm. fine if it was Rachel, right? Like, I'm cool with Tobias being like, Rachel is so beautiful because Rachel puts a lot of... Except for when she's an elephant. And then she's ugh. But when she's a bird, (laughs) yum, yum, yum. Um, (laughs) But Rachel puts a lot of, like, effort into her appearance, right? It's something she cares about. Almost, yeah, to a fault. Like, she cares about her clothes, she cares about how she presents and how she looks. So I don't have a problem with Tobias being like, oh, she's so pretty, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's something that she would appreciate. Cassie has always, like, eschewed that, right? Like, she's like, I don't care about my looks, I don't care how I look, I don't care how I dress. And there's always, like, these comments of Jake being like, oh, well... I still think that you look pretty, Cassie. And it's like, Cassie, don't give a fuck, Jake. Like, and then in this, it's like, oh, he's like checking me out in my bathing suit. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, I don't know. She's like, oh, he thinks I'm dumpy. And Rachel's like, no, he thinks you're hot. Yeah. And it's like. to fuck you. Right. It's so weird. It's such a weird, like, moment. And I'm not saying that, like people like obviously everybody cares about what their significant other thinks of them and if their significant other is attractive. well i shouldn't say everybody because they're not significant others yeah right but or their crush like you know that's something that you might care about but it annoys me that so much of their interactions are looks based yes and i know that in jake's books we get a lot of like oh cassie is so kind and whatever but i'm like that's usually not what's going on between the two of them it's usually them being like flustered to be around flustered to be around each other and <laughs> thinking about how cute they are and i'm I like eh. i just want to be like you guys have killed people together like just yeah. fucking hold hands it's fine yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> over this <laughs> this would be fine if they were like 11 or 12 but they are it's they're like not too much angst for the situation Mm-hmm. it's either too, again too much or too little right like it's like right either you guys need to be way more angsty like tobias and rachel or way less <laughs> angsty like Jake and Axe. Because <laughs> there's like no angst there. They just love they each just other. They just love each other unconditionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So here come the Bandalites. They all need to go to Goodwill to retrieve the other ship. This was that so stupid. It is extremely stupid. They retrieve the other ship that accidentally got donated. Uh, and they have to sweet talk their way back into the stock room at Goodwill. Talk to like 
the comic book guy from The Simpsons, essentially. He, like, quizzes them on what kind of toy rocket ship it was before he lets them go, like, look for it. I'm like, why does that matter, dude? I think it's, like, to establish Jake as a nerd, which, like, we haven't done and have no reason no, to do at he's, this point. he's, like, a basketball star yeah. jock boy. Why does... But he just loves Star Trek so much. And I'm like... That he knows what a Romulan ship looks like. Right. And I'm just like, why are we doing this 24 books into the series? <laughs> And why isn't it Marka who is the computer nerd of the yeah, two of them? Or, I don't or Tobias the sad lonely boy who probably Yes, well cuz he can't talk well I, mean, I guess if he morphed he, into If a he human. morphed into a human for 2 seconds. <laughs> if he ever used his human morph. He ever ever did the thing where he became a human <laughs> like he so desperately wants to be and yet he keeps he kicking it as a bird. Allow himself to be he human. Allow he doesn't want to, to stay. Human. Whatever. They <laughs> They find the ship and it starts shooting at them. But it's like a little bitty ship, so it's like a little bitty laser. So it just kind of stings them a little bit. Okay, and I wanted to bring... I know I'm nitpicking so much in this book, but this book deserves it. It deserves it. (laughs) So the lasers are still Draken beams. So what? Because I thought... I don't know if they're just calling it that or not. Like, I think that the the other aliens refer to them as Draken beams at one Mm. point. Because I'm like, I get that, like... Maybe you don't want to say lasers for lasers because laser is yeah, a specific like thing on Earth that stands for something, and I don't know what, and I don't care, and I'm not going to look it up. Um, <laughs> Lights are, are really so electric. electric. Really? Suckers. No, R. I forgot R. It said lasers. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they don't want to call them lasers, but like, <laughs> I thought, what, what I does Draken stand for? <laughs> Don't run at cool old uh, dangerous. Literally, the oh. only word I can think of that starts with N is nephews, which doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that doesn't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Don't run. <laughs> uh, dangerous. Uh, rallying. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to spell dragon as well as think of words that start with it's the letters. It's hard, right? <laughs> uh, dangerous, radical, awesome, cool, orbital, new, 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 <laughs> news. It's the sound they make, maybe, except not really. They, except for we know they, they make a toot. They canonically make a toot, toot. Whatever. Anyway. My point is, I assumed <laughs> Draken was either an Andalite term that the Yerks co-opted or a Yerk term that the Andalites co-opted, but apparently it's just what every other species calls whatever. lasers. <laughs> I don't know. Um, All I have to say is very dumb. There's a little scuffle, and eventually they hear a thought-speak voice in their heads that is like, Surrender the power source to us and we won't kill you as we take over the planet. So, guys, there's this race of super itty-bitty tiny aliens that are like a sixteenth of an inch tall. Exactly. Exactly a sixteenth of an inch, as they tell us many, many times. Many times. And this annoyed me more than it should have because I was like, just say like a millimeter. Like, why yeah, just why do does... metric? What are we doing? <laughs> just fucking stupid. <laughs> Oh, gotta make it American now. Yeah. Um, they're tiny. They're called the Helmicron, and they want to conquer Earth because question mark. 
Mm. I think they're just like conquering things. They just they seem just angry. They just run around being violent. Yeah. Whatever. Which, okay. <laughs> it's, I guess it's a character trait. Yeah. Being, being a conquering. I don't know. I don't know, man. The Bandalites are obviously like, no, you cannot have our morphing cube. But the aliens have revealed they know where it is, so they have to, like, race the little Helmicrons back to Cassie's farm in order to get to the morphing cube first. Which should be easy because they're itty-bitty, but I guess they have, like, super fast travel because they're itty-bitty, but whatever. I can't... <laughs> I can't. <laughs> when you're small, Em, you can go faster than the speed of light because you're small. I mean... I feel like That's there might be physics work here. I feel like there might be plan. some science to support that maybe that it might be easier to go like I mean that is a thing, right? Like, like it's, if it's proportional to right, how yes, fast yes, you were yes. going as a big thing. Maybe. So I guess like I don't know. But I don't they've know always been small, science. one would have to assume. Yes. But I think that like I think it would be <laughs> easier their for children sp- are not born giant. I think it would be easier for a species <laughs> that was very tiny to develop faster than light travel i don't know why i think that but it sounds correct in my head (laughs) there's less of them to move around yeah so (laughs) fine light particles are small so obviously they go so are small things light particles (laughs) they can maybe they move in between the light particles yeah they jump from light particle to light particle later in this book guys so the Bandalites all turn into birds of prey, and they participate in some aerial combat, and then go back to the farm. Which I guess this is like, like there's only so many ways you can have aerial combat in this book, this book series, and I think we've already done like we've ship done v them. ship at some point. Mm-hmm. So I guess like kudos for coming up with a different way to do this to just have them be birds and fight a very tiny ship, but also like. Just what? Just eat it. Just eat it. Why aren't we just eating it? I don't understand. You guys are all big animals. Just eat them. You guys have done vor so much in these books. Why are we not voring them now? At this point, book twenty-four, you can just eat things. This book like ticks off. Eventually, it does get to vor, but like this book does take off a whole bunch of different kinks unintentionally because we got like. (laughs) femdom we got like uh giantess fetish and then we got vor and i'm just like just you guys should have got to vor way way sooner than you did (laughs) once they get to the farm they all demorph and cassie chases the helmicron ships back into the barn and the helmicrons are like surrender or we'll kill you and cassie is like but you guys are so small and the Helmicrons are like, oh, yeah, we'll show you. And then they hit Cassie with the shrinking ray. Okay, so, like, if this is a species <laughs> of teensy tiny aliens that wants to destroy the galaxy, I guess maybe it would make sense for them to be like, the best way to do this is to shrink everyone to our size so we can kill them. But surely if they have shrinking ray technology, they should have growing ray technology. Why don't they just make themselves very large? I don't get it. Because then they'd be too slow. I guess. They couldn't go the speed of light. (laughs) It's just like Ant-Man, except bad. It's Yes, it's a very bad (laughs) Ant-Man. 
Tobias and Marco, Tobias was a hawk and Marco was a human boy, immediately follow Cassie into the barn. And they're also shrunk down to the size of the Helmogrons. Which I could not wrap my head around this because they're like, oh, we all shrunk down to one sixteenth of an inch in yeah, whatever so form we were Tobias in. Tobias as so, a hawk is the same size as Cassie and Marco So right Tobias now. would proportionally be a huge fucking hawk compared to that. Yes. So I'm yes. just like, I could not picture it. It just, it was mind-boggling. Which to me feels like he would still have an advantage in battle over the Helmogrons. he'd be so wide. His wings would be so big. We've gone over this in so many episodes. Um, <laughs> size means nothing. In okay, this, okay, okay. This hold literary on. Universe. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold okay, on. Okay, 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 if okay. we know that in the universe of the Animorphs, <laughs> oh, six birds can carry one person, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if if Tobias, human size, <laughs> Tobias is a human sized bird, <laughs> surely he should be able to pick up itty bitty people. <laughs> you would think it would be to us like what would it what would be an equivalent i don't know i guess because we don't have any like like <laughs> big bird big, yeah. <laughs> big bird could fly <laughs> if big bird could fly and instead of like rounded orange feet he had talons yes and longer wings that would be a little terrifying yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Marco, before he is shrunk down fully, he yells out to the others, don't come in here. And they say, okay. And they don't go in there. They're also, did you, did you notice all of the weird times in this book where they were like, I said this and then, but really it was this. And then it was like the same sentence. No, I did not. There were a couple of times. Examples. Um, <laughs> this um, sounds wild. I was admittedly just like skimming this one because it was so dumb so i i don't know if i highlighted any of them but there's like there's it's like a couple of times where like cassie will say something to the other animorphs who are all big style or i think marco says it once where they like say something and then it's like but of course it sounded like and then in the kindle edition it's the exact same line that's weird. Right, because in the, how did i not notice that because in the original the 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 flat copy of the the flat copy the hard copy of the book it's like a different font but they don't incorporate that because it's like they're little and tiny so it's a tinier uh, font i didn't have that in my copy right and that's what i'm saying in the did you have the hard copy or the the kindle i have the kindle copy i didn't have any different size text that's what i'm saying in the kindle oh. it doesn't do that so it makes no sense oh because in, in the hard copy there's like it'll be like Look out, don't step on us, I said. And then, like, the next line will be like, but of course, what they heard was, look out, don't step on us. And, like, (laughs) in the hard copy, it's, like, a little teensy tiny font to indicate that it's teensy tiny talking. But, like, that doesn't transfer to the Kindle. Amazing. Oh, wait, here, 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 wait, wait, wait. I think it's here on page 38. Get back, I screamed. But, of course, what he heard was, get back. Yeah, yeah. And it happens like twice because I think Marco does it once too. And it looks just like nonsense in this book. That's hilarious. Okay, I'm looking at page 38 and I still don't see this quote. What the fuck? It's at the bottom. Am I in the book? I searched for what they heard. Am I in the book? Or what he heard. What's going on? Okay, it's just a couple pages. looking in the extreme. All right. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) Okay. This was a good. 
I'm so glad we took this journey. Rachel, okay, so Rachel just like, at this point, Rachel is just throwing bricks. Mm. And she downs one of the two ships, and they're able to secure the morphing cube. And Axe is like, why don't you little vandalites try morphing and see if you can become the size of the animal you're supposed to be morphing? But it turns out that the Helmicrons also shrunk all of their morphs, so the size of the animal they become is relative to their current size. It just scrambled up all the DNA that's inside their body. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. It would be, like, kind of lame if it was like, oh, I shrank you, but you can just turn into a big old dinosaur and you're fine mm-hmm. they don't have dinosaur well, morphs anymore which at this point though they all have either a rhino or an elephant because mm-hmm. that was a plot point in i think the last book right or one of the books they all had to become big yeah, things in charge to like get the hork bajir out right? maybe that was the david trilogy i think i think no i think it was the last book with tobias when they had to get the baby hork bajir out because yeah maybe i don't know one of those yeah but they did there was a moment where they all have to become rhinos and elephants yeah and they charge and so I was just like, why didn't you just become that? Because that is still bigger than stupid little Helmicrons. But whatever. Cassie's dad then chooses this moment to show up. This was the most infuriating scene in two ways. This was, it was the weirdest. Okay, this is the weirdest conversation an adult has ever had with a child. Number one. Agreed. Agreed. Axe has to get into his human morph really quick and and then talk to Cassie's dad. It doesn't go smoothly. Cassie's dad is immediately put off by this this 12-year-old. As we all would be. As we all would be. And it's like, he's so annoying. Um, And they're, like, trying to cover for him, and they're like, he's from a different country, which Jake is the one who says that. And number one, that's a weird way to phrase it, Jake. Like, you should have just been like, he's from Canada, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Why are you leaving it up to Axe? Because you know there's going to be follow-up questions, Jacob. Yes. What are we doing? So... <laughs> of course Cassie's dad does say oh interesting where are you from and he says I am from the Republic of Ivory Coast and Cassie's father <laughs> looks at this child who he who is a, apparently a foreign exchange student of some sort and has told him uh-huh. he's from the Republic of Ivory Coast and he says you know if you don't mind my saying so which nothing good is going to come after that yeah, Cassie's dad uh, 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 uh. um you don't look like you'd be from the Ivory Coast. What does that what? mean? Number one, you shouldn't say that about anyone ever about anything. Like, yes. number one. Number you two, Axe's human morph should canonically look at the very least biracial because yes. he's part Cassie. Yes. The one and black Marco, animal. Who and Marco. Is... Yeah. So, like... What does that mean, Cassie's dad? What are like, you? How do you look at someone and be a like, child? I don't believe. How you. do you look at a child? Because because then you have to wonder what was the alternative then, Cassie's dad? Were you like trying to call him out in a lie to expose that he's an alien? Like, there's no way you yes. could possibly know that. But it's and then it says in like Cassie's narration that he's getting like the edge in his voice. So like, I don't know if he thought that like. Axe was trying to prank him. him or something. And I'm like, well, that's weird. That would also be a weird assumption. So yes. then he Axe goes on and says, how about Equatorial Guinea? The Republic of Kyrgyzstan, Canada. And her father says, tell you what, let's just go with Canada. What? <laughs> what? He's like, I don't, I 
I I feel like I don't need to know anymore. He's like, this is this is fine. And uh, but also like oh, again, Axe should canonically look biracial. Yeah, and so Cassie's dad is just like, fuck you. Guess you're from Canada, Drake. Like, what's going on? What are we doing? <laughs> what is this? Axe is now Drake. What what is happening? This is the weirdest conversation. Like, to- here's an easy out to this. If he says, if you don't mind me saying you don't look like you're from the Republic of the Ivory Coast, then Axe could just be like, I do mind, actually. Right. Good day, sir. And then leave. And that's it. That's, that was the, an out. Like, I don't understand you. what what Applegate thought Cassie's dad was thinking in this moment. I don't know. I like, don't... was he just like, this kid is clearly lying to me about like, his here's ethnicity. this child with two of my daughter's best friends, her yes. boyfriend and her best friend. Like he's clearly a liar. If yeah, like what do you hope to get? Out of this? And then he's like, "I'm gonna talk to Cassie about hanging out with that kid." It's so weird. And then also in this scene, my other biggest nitpick of this book comes up, where yet again, K. A. Applegate, K. A. Applegate needs to be banned from using measurements in her books. Is she because every time okay the what the sixteenth inch thing nothing like super weird came up with that, but this every time she picks a measurement it just doesn't make sense for the thing she's describing because this is the end of this scene he he wanders off saying that kid's so weird Cassie's not allowed to hang out with him anymore and then the narration goes then he must have scuffed his shoe I saw the vast rounded front of his boot. A 15-story tall hump of leather come winging toward us. Okay, sure. It hit the dirt and kicked up a small amount of dust. Dust or dirt? Those are two different things, but whatever. (laughs) A few tablespoons of dirt. No more. A few tablespoons. That's a lot of of dirt dirt. to just be kicking around. A few tablespoons of dirt. M. (laughs) M. A few tablespoons. Em, what are you? What are you holding up to me, Em? I'm holding up a beaker full of two tablespoons. Full of, of two dirt. tablespoons of dirt. It's actually coffee grounds. It smells quite nice, but it has the appearance of dirt. <laughs> Is his shoe made of a shovel? Because this- he's got shovels on the. Yes, that's everybody who works on a farm has these special shovel boots. Shovel and boots it just helps you keep things going on a farm. I just it's wild to me that she was like yeah two tablespoons of a few tablespoons i went with two i just went with two and that's still like three or more so much that's so much dirt i mm, smells like coffee here it's very nice um (laughs) it's calming me down (laughs) there's there's no like it would make sense if they were in the middle of a field Mm mm-hmm but they're in their barn, which if their barn doesn't isn't like paved, mm-hmm. like if it isn't a cement foundation, mm-hmm. then it should be hard packed down dirt because they're walking on it all the goddamn time. Like even if, because I'm trying to think of times I've kicked up dirt, and I don't kick up dirt that much because I pick if up you're my gardening feet. because and the gravel or and the dirt is all loose around right. you. Or the other thing I was thinking was like, okay, at the beach, if you're walking in that way where you're like trying to kick up sand. To, yes, you know, to feel it between your toes. But even then, I don't think I kick up this much sand while walking. That's an incredible amount of of refuse to displace with your giant shovel feet. She, she needed like a measurement 
reader for this series. Like, you know how there are, like, sensitivity, sensitivity readers? readers? She needed a measurement. Yes. One. For someone who was, like, really good at visualizing different measurements to be like, no. <laughs> I've always thought that I'm particularly bad at visualizing measurements. But even I am picking up on like how But you wild got your visual is. aid and now you know how outraged to be. I was outraged before I went and got my dirt. <laughs> God. This scene was this was one of the worst scenes in any any Animorphs book. Yeah. I I don't even remember like I was going back to read to I like have the Kindle open when I type up my notes for the mm-hmm. episode and I when I was like going through this section I was like, What happened? I don't remember this but it doesn't need to be here because he kicks up the dirt and it covers them and they're like we gotta dig our way out but it takes like two seconds literally nothing happens because they're like we're so strong now like ants yes (laughs) so this this thing happens and it doesn't matter excellent and then Cassie's dad leaves nothing comes of the axe thing I'm sure nothing ever will either no because I mean Marco's dad has also interacted with axe in a way that's like you remember like your, your friend know because that's how axe introduced himself is a computer mathematical genius um where is he (laughs) we need to recruit him for the army we're gonna get to like book 51 and it's gonna be like the intervention and all of the parents of the animorphs are gonna be like in a circle like we need need to to talk talk about about your friend your your strange canadian uh republic of the ivory coast friend no like (laughs) are you guys sure he isn't the alien and they'll be like no yeah no he but the good kind Mm-hmm. that's just what they tell you mm-hmm. and then they have they're all grounded from hanging out with axe and he's just not in the rest of the series <laughs> uh cassie's dad eventually leaves and then the helmicrons show up again and surround the bandalites the tiny bandalites so there's two ships and each of the ships i guess held a different faction of helmicrons that are fighting each other for both the morphing cube and like to see who will take over earth or something i don't know i think they're the same fact from because they have those little intros at the chapters that are like from the Uh ship's logs and some of them are from galaxy blaster which also galaxy blaster nothing should be named blaster guys just we're not gonna we're not gonna do that anymore um and then the other one was like something less uh, planet crusher planet crusher yeah they would be like oh great leader can you because originally they asked for planet crusher to come help them but then they got there and they were both trying to show off because that's the whole the helmicron's whole thing on the planet yeah like it's like it's like they're not good at working together they're just they just want to one-up each other and whatever so i think they are technically like the same political faction but then they just like got to into like one-upping one another this this is yes um, I really need to know more about the that. Helmicrons and their society and culture, said no one ever. <laughs> they're just such bullshit. It's so dumb. I, uh, of all, they're the, my least favorite of the aliens. And that yes. includes the Ged. But you know, like all the others, they might come back. Because uh, they really, like, there's a big question mark at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am kind but, of hoping that the end of this series might be like a giant team up of all the aliens. Because that would be a little bit dope. <laughs> But also, I don't want to deal with the Helmicrons ever again. So. (laughs) The big-sized Vandalites become gross bugs. Cockroaches, a wolf spider. And they try to fight off the Helmicrons, but as it turns out, their weapons are really powerful when everyone is the same size. So, like, the Vandalites get the shit beat out of them. 
guys. Their power is they're very little and can hurt you when you're also little. Maybe try not being little. (laughs) Like, I don't. Why don't you, like, remember how good and awesome your eyesight is as a bird of prey? Why don't you just eat them? Just eat them. Just turn into birds of prey. Just eat them. This was such. Or, you know what? If we don't want to go to Vor, just step on them. Just step on them. Just crush them. They're little sprinkles, little sprinkle boys, except not boys because they're actually all women, um, little sprinkle babies. Uh-huh. You can destroy them quite easily just by smushing them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just be yeah, an elephant ability. and take one step onto them. I guess that might be a problem because then they would be like, oh, we've destroyed mm-hmm. all of their tech. We can't reverse this. But also, when have the Animorphs ever thought anything through? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no excuses here. They just they were just panicking, maybe. Mm. So I don't know, man. Vandalites are dying. Cassie's like, us tiny vandalites just have to surrender to them for now and find a way out of this, or we're all dead, I guess. Mm. Uh so one of the Helmet Crown factions takes them hostage on the ship, and by them I mean Cassie and Marco, because Tobias is fucked off somewhere. I don't remember what he's doing or where he went, but he's just he he ran to Rachel. He's like, "Mommy, <laughs> I need my mommy girlfriend." Uh, he is and- becoming a little codependent on Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's like like we've talked about. There's kind of some there's just some stuff going on, but the Helmicron Society. It's I- like they're like. <laughs> the women are in charge and are the warriors, and the men yes. are like subservient and are all warrior. slaves. <laughs> and also, they kill all of their captains because you can't be a captain if you're going to make bad decisions. <laughs> you might make a bad decision yes. if you're alive, so they're just the going to kill you. T- yeah, their own, their leader is someone who is a hundred percent perfect and has never done anything wrong. And assumably that's who they're writing all of these captain's logs to. But yes. Like, we're never really told that there is a leader because we're just like all of our leaders are dead and the person we would follow yeah. is someone who is perfect. So but then like- also the ending of this book kind of undoes that because they're like, if you kill one, they I we can't get into that yet. Not but yet. It does undo things. Um, yes. But then like, okay, so then there's also this weird moment where they take Cassie and Marco prisoner and make them slaves, which huge eyebrow to that one, K.A. Applegate, in your choice of That's which of the anim- the Animorphs were going to be enslaved in one of your it's books. Big yikes for me. Big old dog. yikes there. <laughs> um, but that happens and the slave that talks to them is like, well, you're males too now because you're enslaved. And so only males are enslaved. And, like, as much as I don't think this was the place, the time, or the place to explore this idea of, like, gender being dependent on your position in society Uh rather than, you know, like, I thought that was kind of a neat idea, but it just was so out of place in this book. Yeah, she's like, let me throw in this one, like, really serious commentary. Yes. We'll get back to your regularly scheduled tiny bandalites right like it was a weird choice and it didn't go deep (laughs) enough into it to justify it being in there then it's just like an excuse for marco to make a lot of jokes about how men on earth are just like the male helmicrons because they also have to do whatever women want and i'm just like this could have been like a moment of introspection or something for marco no but of course it just wasn't (laughs) it was all just a mess it was it all was just extremely a mess. disappointing on 
all friends. <laughs> uh, anyway, the Helmicrons are like, we need the blue box of transforming power in order to power our shrink ray so we can take over the planet. Give it to us. And also, we have the technology to detect morphing abilities, which is how we know Tobias is not really a hawk. Why do they have that technology? I don't know. The because... Andalites haven't even had that technology that long. Why did they develop counter technology to a species that <laughs> because they... Because they're the Helmicrons and they're all powerful. I'm so confused about the Helmicrons' place in this universe because like... This is like a, it's just like such a gag of a, a throwaway yes, gag book. And I like don't... everyone knows about them. Like Except Axe. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. But like Visitor 3 is like, oh, Helmicrons. I'm like... When did you come in contact with How these How come none dudes? of y'all, yeah, why didn't you, like, work with them to get, to be able to find the Bandalites on planet Earth? I guess the Yerks probably couldn't fit into the Helmicrons to take them over so they would see, like, no purpose to them, right? But surely they could trick them. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe if you shrunk a Yerk. No, because it would still be one sixteenth of an inch, so it, wouldn't, it still wouldn't fit in its head. There's no way. <laughs> it just it, go through the separate molecules. <laughs> Just like come out the other side. So Cassie hears this and she comes up with this plan to tell the Helmicrons that there is another of their party members out there who is hiding the cube from them. Someone who also has morphing abilities. The only other being on this planet at the moment who can morph. This or three. This is all very Br'er Rabbit in the Briar Patch. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's clever if it came to anything. If but it mattered at if all. If it mattered in any way. <laughs> It just turns into this, like, Scooby-Doo, Benny Hill-type situation at the end. <sighs> they lead the Helmicrons to Visser 3. I guess thinking that the Helmicrons will shrink Visser 3 and that will at least solve some of their problems. <laughs> it's a very, the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing, but it's yeah. also, like... <laughs> cool then you guys are just all going to be tiny together he can still you can you. still morph into something to eat you because unlike the bandalites viscer three's like i'm gonna tur- i'm gonna morph while i'm small <laughs> right something big so they find viscer three in a limo and he's a human and there's some more fighting or viscer three they're just driving down the road and shooting at these little tiny toy airships spaceships and everyone's shooting no one says anything i don't know uh, I guess this was before smartphones, so <laughs> there was no way to record that this was happening. Cassie and Marco morph into flies, and because they become so small, they're able to see individual molecules, I guess. Sure, whatever. And that's how they escape the Helmicrons and meet back up with the rest of the Bandalites. They just, like, phase through shit. <laughs> um... And why didn't um I can't the Helmicrons eventually shrink Visser three and Rachel and Jake and Axe is the only one left who's big so everyone ends up on his body and they're all like they're Jake and Rachel are being chased by Visser three and the Yerks up one of Axe's legs and Cassie and Marco are like chilling on his weak little front hands <laughs> and Cassie is like Axe you have to turn into a falcon and fly to the gardens because I have another idea. So, because the shrink race scrambled up all their current DNA, Cassie's like, if I get a new morph that has new DNA, when I morph into that creature, it should just be at regular size. I guess. Playing fast and loose with rules here. <laughs> and it works. 
Because she becomes an anteater. She becomes an anteater. And she goes to eat some Helmicron. She sucks him up on her little tongue. And Visser 3 is like, you can't kill the Helmicrons. Because as soon as you do, their mind is absorbed into another one's mind or something. Right. And what he actually says is, because I have it quoted, I have it highlighted because it was just so buck wild, is... They're a fungible species. Kill one and its mind, if you can call it a mind, is absorbed into another. Is they that never what die. happens with mushrooms? First off, yeah, this isn't what fungible means. Like, fungible... <laughs> hold on. Because it, it doesn't mean... It means it's, like, interchangeable, right? Okay. So it's like, if you take one away, it can just... Like, a fungible employee is, like, an employee who you can just switch out with a different employee and it doesn't matter, right? Okay. This is sad. Yeah, sorry. Sad. <laughs> um, we're all fungible, just FYI. Yes. But that's not what he's describing. He's describing one of them dying, and then I guess it's mind being absorbed into a different mind, which is something else. And Who I don't think we have knows? a word for it because I don't think that exists. But like, I don't, like, do they have a hive mind or not? <laughs> I think it's like they, ha- but they have a hive mind, but only when they're dead. So this like some new bonkers. I don't know, thing. but also like then what's the whole deal with the like we kill our captains to make them perfect because you didn't make Do them perfect. You, you learn from your past mistakes. You just squished their mind into a different mind, and now you're just like <laughs> worshiping its weird corpse on the deck of your ship for some reason. Like I don't understand. It's, <sighs> it's like you had this idea and you're like that's cool, and then you had this idea other idea and you're like that's also cool, and you put them in the Let's same species. Let's make it work. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense for the same species to be oh, like this it. way. Oh, hey Applegate, we hated this one. This Sorry, wasn't we good. hated it though. <laughs> anyway, Visser Three also became an anteater because he saw what Cassie was doing. Everyone else was too stupid to catch on. Of course. And the end is dumb. They I, basically. I don't know what happened. I don't. I don't understand what happened because they're all at a standstill of a sort. Um, Visser Three, like Cassie's got Helmicrons on her tongue. Visser Three has Tobias on his tongue, and Axe has his blade tail at Visser Three's throat. And somehow they work out amongst the three different parties that everyone is going to be unshrunk. And Visser 3 isn't going to attack any of the Bandalites or Helmicrons. The Helmicrons aren't going to try and take over Earth anymore, maybe. Marco (laughs) starts a civil war among the Helmicrons because he tells the males that they should rise up against the females. Marco does some shit in this book, you guys. (laughs) Okay, Marco, sure. We just, we just absolutely don't have the time, Marco. <laughs> we, we can't get into it, Marco. Not in this episode. And, and, and then that's enough to keep the Helmicrons from trying to conquer Earth, I guess. And Cassie's like, they'll never sort those problems out. And the book ends. I guess it's like, because so- Marco calls it the male liberation movement or something. And I guess it's like... I don't know. I'm like, is this supposed to be feminism? Is that what's happening? No, it's just... No. I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't... I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't care for anything in this book. I mean, I kind of liked it at the time. I read it and I was like, mm, this is like a video game I'm playing right now called Grounded, where mm. you are shrunk down 
to this tiny size and you have to fight bugs and make a house out of grass and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And I was like, mm, this book is like that. So I kind of, I think I like it. But then I sat down and, and I was typing up my notes. I was like, this is hell. I think also <laughs> that like anytime that there's shrinking involved, it's like the whole point of that is like the novelty of being really small and interacting with big, big things. Right. Like that's yes, the fun yes. part of that. Right. Like yeah. honey, I shrunk the kids. It's like, Oh look, they're wandering through the backyard and the, you know, the grass is so much bigger than them. It looks so crazy, you know, or like the thing mm-hmm. you're describing where it's like, oh, you have to build a house out of like weird stuff or like tiny heist, you know, where it's like, yeah, oh, little tiny, you know, people running around and they have to like, they're, they're all eating from the same bean, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where that's like the fun part of like stories like this, where it's or like the borrowers, right? Yes. Where it's like, how do little tiny things interact with the real world? And the answer in this case is, I guess they just don't and shrink the real world down to their size so they can laser them real good. Like, it's not fun. Who even knows? They don't do enough with this premise of what if the Andalites were really, or what if the Animorphs were really, really tiny for it to be interesting in any way. Because once they get tiny, it's just all, oh, we gotta, we gotta fight the Helmicrons. There's no interaction with the big, big world and them being tiny. It's a bad It's a bad way to use this premise. I'm not opposed to the premise in general. It could have been fun, but it just wasn't. Just upset. <laughs> just upset. Well, speaking of being upset, what was your most morbid moment from this book? The fact that I read it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um... I think my most morbid moment for this book is when they find the captain on the deck of the ship and they're they're like the Helmicrons have been talking up like you have to come see our captain blah 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 Mm -hmm. and it's just like this little tiny warrior that has been ceremonially ceremonial ceremoniously stabbed a bunch of times and then just left there to rot. (laughs) That's fucked up. It's real gross. Hated it. How about you? Um, All of it, like you. But mm-hmm. I think, I don't remember if I actually had one for this week, but as I was scrolling through, I think my morbid moment for this week is going to be um, when the Helmicrons are confronting Marco and he shoots back at them. Uh, just shut up. I mean, shut up. Shut up. You aren't the masters of anything. You're lice for crying out loud. You're fleas. You couldn't go mano a mano with a maggot and hope to win. And that's sad because a you maggot are. has no monos. And I'm like, okay, why hasn't <laughs> why hasn't Marco been bringing this heat for the rest of the book? The rest of the book <laughs> is just... Mr. 3 needs to hear these sick burns. Right. He had one good burn in this whole book. And all of the rest of it was just him being like, oh, sounds like they need a men's labor liberation unit. Waka waka. Mr. 3, more like butt 3. Right. <laughs> I'm like, please, that was such a good line. I loved it. Marco, do that more. We but... need more of that good Marco energy. Good, good Marco energy uh was there any valuable morphs it's marco i know i just dunked on him but like (laughs) but he's the only one in this book aside from cassie and cassie's nothing cassie had two plans but like you said at the beginning it could have just gone to anybody yes cassie was not cassie in this book she didn't have any of her usual like literally she's so eager to eat the fucking 
Helmicrons at the end. She's like, I'm an anteater. Then I'm, I mean, no compunctions about it. She's not like, yes. what will this mean for the fate of the world? What will it mean for the environment? Which is like her whole thing is thinking her way too much stick. about stupid shit. And then she's just over here like, I'm going to be an anteater and I'm going to eat And then luckily, Visser 3 comes up and is like, it's okay. You didn't do a genocide, Cassie. They don't die. So like, Hear I can't out. give it to Cassie. So it's Marco. Most valuable morph this week was Visser 3. You know what? You're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) He dropped some knowledge. He actually, with his Yerks, he shot down one of the ships, which is more than the Andalites did. They just threw a brick at it. Yes. And towards the end, he was the one that looked at the Andalites and he was like, should we fight together then? (laughs) Yeah. Visser 3, the villain of this series, wins it this week. Good job, Visser 3. You brought the heat. (laughs) proud of you. (laughs) oh Uh, what else do we have serious theories nothing there's no theories nothing my serious theory is that it can only go up from here i don't know (laughs) because ghost riders are next up but this was a real low point this one was a low 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 point i mean maybe the theory is the halmacrons will be back because god hates us and has abandoned us and (laughs) so we're gonna have to deal with these little fucks again (laughs) But that's about it, really. It's about it. Um. All right. Well, you know what? That that is about it for this week. So I don't want to talk about this book anymore. Bump me out. Yeah, it was stupid. Let's move on. Next week, <laughs> we will be reading the second book in Anna's parallel novels unit, which is going to be "Till We Have Faces" by C.S. Lewis. Um, and then the week after that, we will be reading the next Animorph book. Animorphs book. In a Animorph books. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. Then and then the morphs of the extreme number twenty five. Yes, which is a Marco point of view. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Not really. We already not really. It. It's not We're ready. Not super thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, this episode's a mess. In the meantime, <laughs> if you need to tweet at us or email us, your submissions or thoughts or anything to do with animorphs you can tweet at us at shelfawarecast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com we actually um if you haven't checked out our twitter don't follow us on twitter we had one of our uh lovely listeners celine who we talked about last week the email they sent us including the fan art we have posted that on our twitter we will by the time this episode is out (laughs) side note to you so go check it out we absolutely love it um as always thank you to ben cope for the use of our theme song you can check out his show notes nope you can check out his youtube channel in our show notes below we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those you definitely should because if you don't, I will come to your house and leave Helmicrons there. Oh, no. <laughs> They're very upset. Oh, no. Little guys. They're going to uh, get in between your toes. They're going to, yeah, they're going to nip at you and then make you small, maybe. I don't think we even mentioned the fact that they have an extra set of legs because, like, it was the least important thing about them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you happen to use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you do not, that is okay. You can talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. Uh, in the words of K.A. Applegate, Well, this is definitely it, Marco said. We have at last achieved maximum weirdness. 
We're the size of pimples, looking up at a bird-turned-boy who looks huge because he's maybe a quarter of an inch tall as we fly around on the back of a toy-sized spaceship, which we hope to crush by having Cassie turn into a whale the size of a baby mouse so we can defeat a race of lunatics with brains the size of bacteria. That does it. The votes are in. The Oscar for Absolute Insanity goes to us. Everyone, go home. (laughs) I mean, this book did make me want to... I would have loved to end the book there. (laughs) (laughs) We had 30 more pages after this, though. Like, if you're you're holding out a stick that's branched Uh and you're like, grab it, and you grab the short branch, and that's bad for a reason, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't... Maybe we're mixing this up and it's like she grabbed the wrong end of the stick or the short straw. Is that maybe it? Is this? Did we? I'm Googling. It's autofilling. A situation, opportunity, or outcome which is less favorable. Okay. So it is short end of the stick. What's the etymology? Here we go. During those times, this expression was said as the worst end of the staff. What does that mean? (laughs) Maybe like the part that stabbed you oh okay but then apparently okay so it was it worse says, end of the, the short staff. end of the stick is by far the most commonly used form of the phrase that uh-huh. is rather odd in that the ends of sticks can be dirty or pointy <laughs> they can even be iridescent or hirsute but it is difficult to see how they can be short yes now i'm reading a thing and it's saying that in 1562 there was it was the worst end of the staff, but it became the wrong end of the stick, which makes a little more sense to me. Yes. But then in- this person also says that there's a suggestion that short is simply a euphemism for shit. Mm. <laughs> so that could make sense. That kind of makes sense. She's got the shit end of the stick, which is like, you know, maybe you have to yeah. poke poops a lot back then. Or just it's the bad end. And they were like, ah, oh, shit end of the stick, like the bad one. You know, mm, I don't know, man. Anyway, stick. Cassie, Cassie didn't didn't come out of this smelling like roses. Let's put another idiom in there. <laughs> that one at least I can track. 